Today I want to finish a series that I've been in, okay? Authentic worship. Authentic worship, getting a little Western for the Lord. I'm going to move around because I'm trying to get the blood flowing. That's one thing I told my kids. I'm like, hey, if you guys are freezing, they were on the wagon. I was like, if you're freezing, just stand up and jump around. And they were like jumping around like this. And they're like, dad, dad, this isn't working. I'm freezing. My wife, you know, she's like, this isn't working either. So anyways, um, so yeah, I'm going to move around. But um, again, I want to wrap up a series that, that I've been in. Authentic worship, getting a little Western for the Lord. And you say, well, what has it been about? Many of you have been here. Some of you haven't been here. Um, but we've answered the question, what is worship? What is worship? I mean, again, is it, um, I mean, who should be the object of our worship? That's the question that we've answered as well. And the truth is we can worship anything. You can worship material things. You can worship people. You can worship all kinds of stuff. But the true object of our worship ought to be who? Say it with me. His name is Jesus, right? I mean, that's who should be our true object of our worship. Um, and, and we've learned about, you know, having a lifestyle of worship, not just making it an event, right? And it's not just an event. It's not just what we do at church. It should be our lifestyle. We looked at, you know, how our music helps us worship. And we learned, you know, why we do what we do at Thousand Hills in our worship. I and mean, when we have certain goals and certain things that, that we try to do in our worship. And if you weren't here for those, you can listen to all that online, thousandhillsranchchurch.com. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, we've also looked at this. What keeps us from having authentic worship? Remember that? I mean, what, what, if, if there's something, I mean, we're not experiencing authentic worship, at least in this barn, or even when we have our time with the Lord on, you know, on a daily basis, if we're not experiencing true worship, we've got to figure out well, what's keeping us from not being able to experience true worship. And we looked at a couple of things. I mean, again, the lie is you've got to worship God in moderation, right? I mean, we looked at other things that are good in moderation. What were they, remember? Dancing in moderation? It depends on with your wife. If you're with your wife. <laughs> dessert right in moderation is a good gift right no olivia's like eat it all eat it all but you know again in moderation there are certain gifts that are good only done in moderation right but that's a lie when it comes to worship i mean again the lie is hey we ought to worship in moderation no you ought to indulge in christ Amen. give him all you got there, the bible says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom Freedom from not worrying about what other people think. Freedom, you know, to give God all you have. I mean, so again, we, the lie is, you know, and what keeps us from worshiping him is we want to worship in moderation and we hold back. Um, the second thing that we looked at, what keeps us from moderation or what keeps us from, excuse me, authentic worship is uh, authentic worship is not possible when we are living in sin. I mean, if you're living in sin and, you know, you think, well, I'm going to be pleasing to God and God's going to be pleased with what I'm doing and I'm going to experience him intimately, you're mistaken. I mean, there's sin in our lives and that's what keeps us from fellowship with him, right? doesn't kill our relationship with him, but it, it keeps us from fellowship um, with him. And so, again, those are some of the things that we've covered so far. If you haven't listened to any of those, you, again, you can watch those or listen to those online. Today, again, I want to wrap this series up by talking and, and turning our focus to how we prepare for worship, okay? If you're taking notes, you can write these things down. But today, again, we're going to look at how we prepare for worship. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you have a job where people are counting on you. Anybody have a job where people are counting on you and you go to work and they're like, okay, what'd you get? You know, are you ready? Yeah. 
most of you do. I mean, a lot of maybe your cows, <laughs> they're counting on you to get fed or whatever. But I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some jobs where people count on you. I mean, you, you got to show up prepared, right? Well, as a preacher, I have, one of my greatest fears is, again, not, not being prepared. I, I often tell, you know, people when, you know, when they screw up at work, they may affect, you know, a couple people. When I screw up, you know, or not prepared, then 300 people know about it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking and it's one of my greatest fears to not be prepared to preach. Um, I, I, I oftentimes, you know, I, I, I worry sometimes uh, and I fear sometimes that our teams aren't ready to serve. I mean, we got people coming to church. Are they ready? Are they set up? Is everything in place? You know, and I, I think about that. I don't, because I want to be prepared. Um, I, I think about when people come to my house and they're ready to, let's say, work the calves. And I've asked these cowboys to come to my house and help me. Am I prepared or did I forget something? Did we drive all the way to the pasture and forget, you know, whatever the Brandon irons, you know, or something? You know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? Anybody have fears like that? I mean, just in general. Yeah. You fear that you're not prepared. Um, and, 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 and even, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm not prepared to answer the questions my wife asked me. Can I get an amen? <laughs> She's like, which eyeliner looks better? And I'm like, do you have eyeliner on? <laughs> the left one. I mean, the right one. <laughs> you know, maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't experience that, but I do. I oftentimes fear that I'm not prepared to give answers. You know, I have people come to me and they're like, so what should I do? Or, you know, or what, what's God showing me? What's this scripture mean? What's this mean? How do I go through life? I just lost my spouse. I mean, all those things. I, I oftentimes go, man, I, I, I hope I'm prepared. And I fear sometimes that I'm not. But here's the other side of it. When I am prepared, guess what that breeds in my life? Guess what that, that, that gives me in my life? Gives me peace, Right? Gives me, it gives me uh, confidence. It gives me relief. And, and I can enjoy the process of preaching, right? I can enjoy the work that I get to do. And I can even give my wife the right answer. <laughs> Sometimes when, she's, when I'm prepared, I'm like, Lord, help me. Eyeliner. <laughs> I'm glad you guys think that's funny. Because sometimes it's really not. And then I, you know, get no fellowship. Yeah. Um, so you may be, you know, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I, I've never thought about this. I mean, but but here's here's the truth. I believe that one of the major reasons people don't experience authentic worship in life and in this barn is because they're not prepared. I, I mean, I, I've seen it. I mean, I, I've probably come to church not prepared to worship God. Right. And, and so today, and, and I'll just say this, I love preaching this stuff. You know why? Because it's, it's simple biblical teaching that will open up the door for you to experience true worship. I love that because it's not this heady stuff. And, and again, I, maybe I'm just not into that, but I, I like simple biblical truths that open the door for me to experience God. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I knew all that. Why'd you preach on that? No, listen, if you will apply it, then it'll change your life. It's not just about knowledge. I mean, we've gone to church all our lives, a lot of us, and we have all this knowledge, and we're like, give me some more knowledge. No, apply what you already know, and then you'll, you'll have a lot to do <laughs> already. Does that make sense? And so, uh, again, I love this type of you know, simplistic biblical truths because they open up my heart and my mind to experience worship and authentic worship. So here's the thing. 
I want to look at three ways we can prepare for worship. You ready? Number one, prepare to participate, not spectate. <laughs> Try to say that real fast. Prepare to, to, prepare to participate, not spectate, right? Prepare, when you come to, to church or when you get, you know, your Bible open, when you, you know, uh, wanted, wanting to experience God, you have to prepare to participate, not spectate. This truth, again, it takes us back to Romans 12 on 1. Look at it with me. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now listen, you say, what does that mean? Well, we are called to offer our whole body, not just, you know, our mind, not just our voice, but our whole body. And you know what that means? That means that we are to participate in what God is calling us to do. It's a living sacrifice. Remember, we're not dead. It's not like we're in the Old Testament and we're on the altar and we're dead and they've cut us up. No, we're alive. And when we're alive, that means we need to be doing something. And so the Bible says that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, let me give you an example. Um, if I go to watch, let's say, a, a ranch rodeo. How many of you guys have been to our ranch rodeos? Anybody? Yeah. Bunch of you have been. If I go to watch a ranch rodeo, and, and I'm not in it, if I go to watch it, then I usually don't go prepared. Right? I mean, think about it. You go to a sporting event, you go to a Thunder game. You, 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 know, you don't wear, unless you're just weird, you don't wear, uh, you know, uh, you don't wear your jersey and shorts and your basketball shoes because you think you're going to play, right? You don't have to prepare, right? You wear what? You wear a t-shirt and jeans and you go to watch, Right. Well, again, it, when I go to a ranch rodeo, I don't I don't worry about finding my spurs. I don't worry about, you know, getting my horse caught. I don't worry about whether the trailer's tires are, you know, up. I don't I don't worry about preparing. Why? Because I just came to that rodeo to what? Watch to spectate. Right. I go with an attitude sometimes, you know, to ranch rodeos. Man, I hope this is going to be entertaining. I hope it's not going to be boring. I hope that something, you know, exciting happens or, you know, I hope it's ran well because I've been to some ranch rodeos where they just take forever and you're just sitting there for 14 hours and it's 11 o'clock and you want to go home. You know what I'm saying? And so I go with these expectations of, you know, entertain me, right? Well, to be honest, I think that sometimes Christians come to church in that same way. <laughs> did, did you lift your toes on that? <laughs> I think a lot of times Christians come to church to spectate, um, not participate. Um, they have this attitude of entertain me, Bo. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, teach me something new. Uh, I dare you. <laughs> you know, they come with this idea of we better laugh today or I might go somewhere else next week. I mean, this better be fun. My kids, they better have fun in ranch kids, or I, I don't know if we're going to come back, you know, or, you know, you better seek me out. You know, they, they come to, again, be spectators with ex, expectations of, I better be served rather than participating. Here's the truth. The truth is we have enough churches that are filled with spectators, Right? And I know I'm stepping on some toes, but this is just what God has laid on my heart. But because here's the thing, I, I don't I don't want a church that's just a full of a bunch of spectators. 
I just don't. I mean, I want people that are that are willing to participate, right? People that are willing to take part in what God is doing, not just go, well, that wasn't very good today. Didn't really speak to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, again, you know, I, I just I just don't I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something where people want to be participators. Again, we should prepare for church like we prepare if we were in a ranch rodeo. I mean, think about it. If I go to a ranch rodeo and I'm in it, guess what I bring? I, I find my spurs. I, I get my horse legged up a little bit before I come. You know, I, I make sure the tires are up on the trailer. I prepare to go to the ranch rodeo because I'm actually in the ranch rodeo. Does that make sense? And so you say, well, why? Because, again, I'm a participant. Here's the point. We should prepare to participate in church. I'm telling you, and, and this, is a, this is something that we all don't do. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, we don't prepare. It's like we're just like, you know, we just show up sometimes. And that's, I mean, again, that's natural. But I'm telling you, when you prepare to participate in church, it, it, it's, it's just a, a better deal. Um, or even prepare to tis, participate in worship at home. Here's a life-changing statement that I want you to, to hear. And this has been, this is a statement that I, you know, have, have tried to apply to my own life. Here, here's what it says. The church does not exist to only serve you, but you exist to serve the church. Think about that. I mean, you know, if you will apply that one statement, then it'll change your life. Because again, a lot of people are like, oh, the church exists to feed me. And listen, we are called to do that. We're called to equip you to be servants of the Lord. But listen, if you will turn your focus from not only being served, but you exist to serve the church, then it'll change your life. You say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm growing very much. I don't feel like I'm, you know, uh, God's moving in my life. Come serve. Come prepared to serve. You say, well, how? Join a team. Join a chuck wagon team and freeze your butt off on a wagon on the bridge and... Hopefully you don't pee your pants. You know, Dax, he was sitting beside me. He's like, just go, man. Just go. Anybody know what that movie? Never mind. Dumb and Dumber. I'm just kidding. But you join a team. Some of you guys, you know, you come to church and you're just like, man, they served me well today. Thank you. And then you walk out. I didn't do squat. You know what I'm saying? Join a team. Go online. You say, what teams do we have? Go online, thousandhillsranchchurch.com. You can see the ministry teams that are a part of our church, and you can say, I want to contact that person who's the team leader of that, and I want to join that team. I want to use my gifts. I want to come to serve. And can I just throw this in? Because here's the other side of it. There are some of you that serve your butts off. You do. And I thank God for you. But here's the, here's the flip side of it. You ready? Some of you come only to work. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, like it's a job. I gotta work. I'm gonna work today and I'm gonna get this job. I'm not gonna focus in on worship. I'm gonna work. Now listen, it's gotta be both and. You can't just be, I'm going to come to work and I'm just going to work my butt off and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then you don't get a chance to experience God. That's why when you come and you volunteer, you do your job well. And then you come in here and you worship. You, you focus in on God. You listen to the message. You say, God, I want to worship you. I don't, I don't want to just work. I want to worship. And so you see the flip side of it. Some people don't serve. Some people serve all the time and they never get close to God. They work all the time. They're busy and they never get to worship. 
Does that make sense? So there's two sides of it. You've got to have a balance of I'm going to serve, but I'm going to worship. When it's my time to, I'm going to volunteer at the 9 o'clock, and then I'm going to go to the 1030 to be able to sing and worship God. Does that make sense? And so, you know, join a team, come to church ready to serve. Smile. You say, well, how do I serve at church? Smile at somebody. I mean, again, I can only smile at so many people. And then I need you to go, hey, I'm going to smile at that person or I'm going to serve that person or I'm going to introduce myself to those people. I've never seen those people here before, so I'm going to introduce myself to them. Does that make sense? And you begin to serve. You, you sing along. You clap. You say amen. Amen. <laughs> that was kind of a lead in. To... You participate by yeah clapping. You give your tithe. Again, so many people are like, ah, oh, this is my money. I'm not going to give the Lord. No, the Lord gave it to you. You need to give a portion back. Right. That's called serving the Lord. That's called, you know, being a part, a participant. Repeat the scripture when I point at them <laughs> and they're underlined, you know, participate. Who Paul or worship again here? You know, you got to prepare to participate. Here's the other thing that I do. If I go to a ranch rodeo, maybe you're going to a basketball game or whatever you like. But when I'm in it, guess what I do before I go? I practice. OK. If I'm going to be in a ranch rodeo, I may throw a few, uh, uh, you know, I may throw a few, I may throw my rope, I may throw a few loops at the dummy at, at the house. I may get on my horse and I may tune on him a little bit, get him warmed up, get him ready to go. I practice at home so that I'll be prepared when I get to the rodeo so that I can miss in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> I mean, some people are like, man, you must be really good. I'm not afraid to chunk it. That's all I can say. I'll chunk it at anything. If I catch it, then that's a, that's a whole new thing. You know, I mean, that's even better, right? But I practice. I practice at home so that when I, you know, get in public, I can maybe at least try to, you know, possibly catch something, right? Here's the point. To prepare for worship, I believe that we ought to practice in private. That's another thing. I mean, think about it. You say, well, I don't, I don't feel real comfortable worshiping God. Well, again, practice at home. You say, well, how do I do that? How do do I practice? Live the lifestyle. Don't just wait till you get here to worship. Practice at home. You say, well, how do I do that? You worship God at home. Just like I may take 20 minutes at home to warm my horse up or to throw a few loops at a dummy. And then when I get there, I'm ready to go. You may need to spend 20 minutes with God every day and worship him so that when you come here, you're like, man, I already know how to do this. I'm warmed up. Ready to go. Does that make sense? And so some of you need to maybe commit, maybe at the beginning of this year, to grab maybe a devotional that a preacher wrote. (laughs) That was a plug. I'm sorry. Selfish. Grab a devotional. Grab it and spend 20 minutes a day practicing. Worshiping. You say, well, how do I worship God in, at home? Again, maybe you just get in your car. Maybe you have a 20-minute drive to work. You worship God in the car. I mean, I thank God for the 24 miles that I have from my house to town. You know why? Because a lot of times when I come into church, I'm worshiping the whole time I'm, I'm on my way. I spend time with my kids. I can teach my kids a lot of stuff because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> They're like in the car, you know. 
And so maybe you just need to spend 20 minutes as you come to work. Maybe you're a, you work for the county. I don't know. Maybe you drive a skid steer. I don't know. Get in that and work, and but worship God in the midst of that. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, you praise him throughout your day. You're in a conversation with God. God, I thank you. I thank you that this truck started today. <laughs> I thank you that my kids are healthy. I thank you that you're, you provide this food for me. I thank you that you are my refuge when I need you. I thank you that when times are bad, I can turn to you. I thank you that you guide my life. When I ask you, you actually give me an answer. And you worship Him. You, you thank God for your job. You thank Him for your family. Again, you say, how do I practice? You practice by thanking Him, praising Him, worshiping Him, serving other people. I mean, again, you said, God, give me an opportunity outside of the church, even though I'm going to serve at the church to work to, to, to serve somebody else. I'll give you an example. We were in, you know, we were in we were on the H.E. Bailey Turnpike, right, going down to Fort Worth. We took that route. And the guy in front of us, when we got to the toll, he didn't have the money. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there behind him for like 10 minutes. He's out of his car looking in a bag, trying to find all the money he can find so that he can get through the toll. And finally, I said, Heather, give me a few extra bucks. And I held him out the window. And he's, you know, and the guy in the attendance deal, the, the booth is like, okay. And then he tells the guy, the guy in the back, he's going to pay for you. And the guy in the, you know, in the car is like. And I'm like, get out of the way. <laughs> and so I walk out and I paid for his. I'm just telling you, you say, well, oh, you're bragging. No, no, listen, it's a, it's a service. And I asked God, give me an opportunity to show somebody the love of Jesus. And then he opens the door. I'm just telling you, you can do it. You can practice serving people all around. And then when you get here, it's like natural. It's just a natural thing. Uh, here's, here's the other thing that I do if I'm in a ranch rodeo. And I know I'm going a little long here, but, but if I'm in a ranch rodeo, guess what? I prepare because my team is depending upon me. If you've ever been to a ranch rodeo, there's four people on a team, right? And I prepare because I want my team to be good. I, and so I try to come prepared. Here's the other side of it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of churches or a lot of Christians don't come to church because they don't have to prepare because no one is depending upon them. I, here, and so here's the challenge. One of the best ways to motivate you to prepare for worship and to participate in worship is to invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Have someone that's depending upon you. And you're, 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 I know some people have brought people to church before and they're like, I hope that people are nice. You know what I'm saying? I hope the preacher doesn't point any, this friend of mine out. You know, I've been there. It's anxious. It's anxiety. I mean, it's like, holy, somebody's here that I've always wanted to be in church and they're here. And so what do we do? We prepare. How do we prepare? We, we, we maybe meet them earlier. We say, I'll meet you at the front door. We save them a seat. We prepare for them to be there. We pray. We say, OK, God, please help Bo not to point them out. Please, please, please help the, the welcome team to really welcome them really well. And we pray and we prepare for that person to come. Listen, I, I'm telling you, you will worship more if you will invite somebody else to come. You know why? Because they're looking at you. They're watching you. They're going to watch you as you sing. They're going to go, oh, he, he doesn't have a very good voice, you know. 
but he's trying. <laughs> he's trying. She's trying. She's giving it a good go, you know. And so, again, you prepare because people are depending upon you. And so, again, prepare to participate, not spectate. Here's number two, and I'm going to roll fast. Prepare to receive. When you come to church, when you get ready to worship God with your quiet time, you open that devotional, maybe you just need to say, okay, before you even read the Bible, you just say, okay, Lord, I want you to, to, to give me something. Here, this is something that I need you to speak to me today. And you prepare to receive. You say, how do I prepare to receive? Again, here's the fact. God wants to give you something. A lot of times it, you have to ask for it. Okay. You say, I want to receive from God. I want him to speak to me today. I want him to speak through me, to, through, to me through my quiet time as I open the word of God. Listen, Luke 11 says this. It says, so I say to you, what's the underlined word? Ask and it will be given to you. This is Jesus talking. He says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for everyone who what? Receives. You say, well, how do I receive something from the Lord when I come to church? Ask him. Prepare. Ask him. Say, Lord, use the band to, to minister to me. I need some healing in my heart. I need to be able to worship. Use the band. Use bow. Use whatever. If you ask for peace, you know, if you need peace, ask for it. If you need assurance, ask for it. If you need joy, ask for it. Again, prepare to receive. You know, here's the other thing. If you want to prepare to receive, delight in the Lord. Delight in Him. Think about it. Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and He will what? Give you the desires of your heart. You say, man, I need something. I need something from the Lord. I need Him to speak to me. Delight in Him. Don't be a whiny butt all the time. I mean, again, I don't, God, I don't know God. I know God. I know God, but he may, I, I think sometimes he probably gets sick of our whining. And he just wants to be thankful. He's like, all right, I've heard it. I've heard what's going wrong. Tell me, tell me, you know, what I've done right. I mean, we all want that, right? And sometimes we just need to delight in him. And then when we delight in him, he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll give you what you need and I'll give you much of what you want. If it's my will, I'll give it to you because I'm a good God. And so I believe that when we take delight and we worship him, we thank him, we praise him, he will give us what we need. And he will give us the desires of our hearts. Here's the, you say, how do I prepare to receive? The third thing is you come clean. If you're going to receive from God, then you have to come clean before him. It's like we talked about last week. He's not called you to be perfect, but he has called you to be pure. And so if you come clean to church, you say, I'm going to get on my knees at home and I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to say, Lord, take away all the sin in my life so that when I get to church, then I can truly be pure and I can truly worship you and experience authentic worship. You've prepared to receive. And God says, that's a good thing. And he wants to speak to you through that. Um, again, here's an important truth. When we prepare to receive from him by coming clean or whatever it is, we will receive more of him more often. I, I'm just telling you, when you're prepared, God uses you more. When you're not prepared, he doesn't use you as much. 
I've learned that from experience. So prepare to participate, not spectate. Prepare to receive. And then here's the last one and I'm done. Prepare to respond. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, I can, I can participate. <laughs> I, I can receive, but you want me to do something about it? You want me to actually respond to what God is telling me? You want me to actually, you know, do it? Yeah. Again, when I, get, when I get into ranch rodeo and I'm in the ranch rodeo, at some point, all my preparation should come together and the timer starts and we get it on. <laughs> you see you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's like I can participate at home. I can practice at home. I can prepare at home. I can think I want to be there for my team. But at some point, I have to respond. I have to you say, okay, God, I've received a word from you. You've shown me what, I want, what you want me to do. And my response to him needs, let's get it on. Let's do it. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, okay, I've prepared. I've read the word. I've done all that stuff. Now let's get in the game. <laughs> let's step on. Let's mount up. And let's do something about this. Does that make sense? I mean, you say, why do you have an invitation time or commitment time at the end of every service? My kids were like last week. And when I prayed at the end of the, the church service, my daughter was in here and she's like, dad, you pray a long time. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just like to hear myself talk. No, I didn't. But you say, well, why do you do that? Why do you make people respond? Why do you have them raise their hand? Why do you have them, you know, pray this commitment to God? It's because there's some time you got to just go, okay, it's time. I'm committing. It's a response. I mean, again, it's not enough for God to just go, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you these things. And then you go, oh, great. Thanks for speaking to me. I'll see you next week. No, he says, I want you to do something about it. And so we got to prepare to respond. Listen to the uh, response of Isaiah in chapter 6, verse 8, and I'm done. Isaiah is a prophet in the Bible, and listen to what his, his response was. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? In other words, who should I ask to be a part of my ministry? Who should I ask to go to these people and share the good news? Who will go for us? And listen to what Isaiah said. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. He didn't just go, man, I heard that. <laughs> I heard God say, who's going to go? But then I went, okay. <laughs> it's like saying, who wants to pray? And everybody goes, you know what I'm saying? Isaiah says, here am I, send me. That was his response. It wasn't, hey, I'm just going to hide for as long as I can. No, he's like, God, here am I. Send me. Right? That was his response. And so, again, we need to prepare to respond to him. And so here's the question. Are you prepared to participate, to receive, and to respond? Because if you are, then you will experience authentic worship. I'm telling you, you will. Can I just say this? I know I've hammered you a little bit today. Thank you. Thank you for those that do participate. Thank you for those that are prepared to receive. And thank you for those that have responded and, and said, let's get it on. Thank you. I love you and I thank you for it. You betcha. Let's pray together. You guys bow your head.
Again, this is the time where maybe you need to respond to God. Maybe he's spoken to you today and you are not a participant. You're a spectator. And you need to pray maybe this prayer in your heart. Maybe you just pray this right where you're sitting. Lord, forgive me for not being prepared to participate. I want in. I'm not going to sit in the stands. I'm going to in, I'm going to get in the arena. And so show me, Lord, where that is that you want me to participate. Because I'm in. Some of you maybe need to pray this, Lord, purify me. Forgive me of my sin so that I can receive what you want to say to me. Maybe you need to commit today to practice at home. Maybe you need to commit to the Lord and say, Lord, I I want you to remind me. I'm going to, and and Lord, I'm going to set a a reminder on my phone for every day so that I can be reminded to spend 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 or an hour with you because I want to practice. I want to spend time in the word. I want to pray. I want to thank you. I want to worship you. I maybe want to sing. I may, you know, want to give that time to you as I'm in that car or that truck or that tractor or whatever it is. So maybe some of you need to just pray that commitment. Lord, I I commit to practice at home so that I, I can be prepared to worship you in public. Maybe you're here today and again, you don't have anything to worship God about because you don't know Jesus. Listen, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to to be the object of your lifestyle, the object of your worship. You know why? Because he's worthy of it and he's done so much for you. And so maybe you're here today and you just need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. You say, how do I do that? Well, again, you give your life by confessing him as your Lord and Savior and believing That he rose from the dead. The Bible says that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. And so maybe in your chair right now. You just need to make that that commitment to him. to, To surrender your life. Maybe just pray this simple prayer. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not a participant because I don't know you. And so I confess you right now as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be my Lord. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. We celebrate that. That's the greatest decision, again, that you'll ever make in your life. Because you've gone from a destiny destined for hell to a destiny destined for heaven. An eternity of worshiping Jesus. And so we praise God that you've made the decision that you've made today. We praise God for those of you that that have made a commitment to be a participant, not just a spectator. 
And so here's what we ask you to do. If you have questions or if you've given your life to Jesus, again, we're going to ask you to not come to the front. We don't ask people to come to the front. We're not going to embarrass you. But Heather's going to come in, in just a second after I pray, and she's going to explain what you need to do to take that next step. And so listen, I pray that you come here prepared every week so that you can experience authentic worship. Lord, I come to you right now, and I thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you, for the, the joy that it is to worship you, for the, the pleasure and the privilege that it is to worship you. And Lord, right now, I just pray that, that each person in this room would commit to be prepared to come every week, every day, through their lifestyle to worship you. Lord, thank you for those that are already doing that. I thank you for their service, and I pray that you would just grow our church through our service and our participating for you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Haig at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Auction. I'm a riding fool who is up to date. I rode every trail in the Lone Star State. I roamed the range in my Ford V8. Yippee-yi-oh, tie.